All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast coming at you with episode two on the week. We wanted to try something a little different and uh, get out some more uh, information. Uh, So today we're going to talk about some uh, trade candidates for um, both Dynasty and Redraft, really. We'll talk about, try to hit both areas with it. Um, And we're going to talk about some projections this week and uh, how we feel if they're going to go over, under. And then, of course, we're going to keep our famous segment. We're going to talk about one college player to keep your eye on. And uh, we'll break down the Thursday night game just a little bit and uh, keep that segment going. Um, So, Bo, I'll go ahead and let you kick it off with one of – your uh, trade candidates. Yeah, so obviously, Brent, like you kind of alluded to there, the, the main reason for these two shorter episodes every week is is more to give everybody who, who does tune in and, and give us a listen um, better chances to, to finish well over your course of your season. And what better way to do that than with weekly waivers and weekly trade guys and, and start sits, if you will, um, kind of here. So, um, so for trade candidates, so – uh, the first, the first guy I want to talk about is, is Travis Etienne, Brand. This is a guy that, for me, I'm trying to buy right now. Okay, I did buy him this offseason. I know you bought him this offseason as, as well. Um, but this is a guy that I think deserves to be to be bought. And here, here's kind of my reasoning for this. So, three of the last four weeks, he's had double digit carries. All right, mm-hmm. um, and over, and over the course of the entire season, he's had eight more targets than James Robinson. Now, bear in mind, James Robinson those first couple of weeks of the season was very, very good. Okay, everybody thought, well, this is still Josh, or uh, excuse me, James Robinson's backfield. ETN's just never going to be a thing. Well, ETN's slowly starting to become a thing. Mm-hmm. All right, and right now is your time to trade for ETN because much in the way of uh, like your fame, favorite, one of your favorite wide receivers in fantasy, Brand, this Travis ETN's got one thing slowing him down right now, and that's why he's not uh, untradeable in my opinion. You got any guesses as, as to what that is? Why he's untradeable? No, no, why he's not yet untradeable. Why you can still trade for him is because of this one reason. And like I said, the, the hint I'm giving you is that he's very similar to one of your favorite uh, wide receivers um, in fantasy who just accomplished this feat uh, at the t- tail end of last year. Um, well, the reason I say he's untradeable is he still are, are, is, is tradable is because James Robinson's still sitting there barking up his tree. Um, that's not that's not the same, the same thing for your favorite wide receiver. It's that Travis Etienne has yet to find the end zone. Wow, much in the way of Jacoby Myers is where I, I thought we had a thing there. Uh, sir, 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 Jacoby has found the end zone this year. Right, which is why which is why <laughs> I said. Towards the end of last year, he finally okay. did that. That's where you, you threw me off a little your, bit. Your 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 heavyweight brain was working in circles there. You you weren't listening. <laughs> um, so yes, Travis Etienne. I think once he starts finding the end zone on the regular, this is going to be a guy that people are no longer going to be interested in moving um, uh, him. So right now, one of the guys that I think you could ship uh, in a trade, pretty much straight up at this point, to get uh, Travis Etienne is Daryl Henderson. And I know that one's going to raise some eyebrows because it's like, well, Daryl Henderson, Henderson just got the, the the backfield. You know, Cam Akers is is out for personal reasons, wants a trade, whatever. Well, this week without Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson was only on the field for seventy one percent of snaps. He had twelve carries, forty three yards, and thankfully he fell in the end zone to save save his week. Um, and he had another three targets, two receptions for nine yards, but. Which are, which are all formidable numbers for a running back. But the one thing that scares me is that Kyron Williams 
um, is still recovering from that offseason surgery. Um, this is a guy that Sean McVay spoke very highly of. And I think at some point here, Sean or uh, 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 Daryl Henderson gets back into a 50-50 committee again with Kyron Williams um, when he comes out. So I think right now, Daryl Henderson's a trade away player and Travis Etienne is a trade forward player. So Brant, let me let me kick this question to you. If you were in a let's say a redraft and, and you're four and two is your record, which one of these two running backs would you rather have rest of season? Well, rest of the season, I'm going with Travis Etienne, and this is this is really easy for me. Um, actually, uh, a, I, I, like you already said, we, we both traded for him in this offseason. But I'm looking down here at week 14, 15, 16, 17. I'm looking into the playoffs. I'm 4-2. and two. I'm sitting with a good probably – I'm sitting there pretty decently probably in the top three, four range. Um, and let's let's look. Travis Etienne sees Tennessee, Dallas, the Jets, and Houston. So you're telling me in championship weeks, Travis Etienne goes against one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. I'll take Travis Etienne. And then I go over here to Daryl Henderson and Kyron Williams. Vegas has been pretty decent against the run. Green Bay, Denver, and the Chargers. Well, I'm going to take that easier. I'm going to take the easier playoff schedule um, over over Daryl Henderson. So Travis Etienne's my guy, and uh, he's, I mean, I'm, I'm I was very high on him. You and me both were um, as he came out as a rookie. And uh, so yeah, I'm taking Travis Etienne both in redraft and in dynasty. Yeah, I, I, I did want to say, too, that after I, I let you make your pick, which you caught on to it there, so I'm very happy for that. But uh, the Jag, Jacksonville Jaguars have the easiest remaining strength of schedule for the running back position um, left. And, again, it's trending in that, that value of ETN more so than uh, James Robinson. So I think you may have this week and maybe next week where, you know, Travis Etienne's still a guy that's available. Um, so if, you're, if this is a guy that you're thinking about making a move for, the, the, the time's now. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to stick right there with the running backs. I'm going to talk about one of the running backs I have to sell. Um, that so uh, you know, I, I have Ezekiel Elliott with with Dak's return. I understand Zeke's been you know okay. He hasn't been the eye popping numbers, but with Dak returning, that offense is going to get hopefully get back to high powered. I would assume they're going to get back to wanting to throw a little bit more, and and I in in that type of game situation. It, it favors Tony Pollard. Um, Zeke hasn't seen more than two targets at all this year in any game. Um, he's played less than 70% of snaps in all the games. Um, and after his big week he had this week, 13 carries, 81 yards, and a touchdown, um, 18 or you know 18 fantasy points it really this is the chance to really sell high on him in my mind because I really think that when when Dak comes back um, that team's gonna lean a little bit more on Tony Pollard and I just don't think how I don't think I don't understand how Zeke's gonna keep putting those numbers up okay. um, and, and you know I'm kind of looking I, I really didn't for some reason didn't write this down but I'm really looking to you know Get maybe a, uh, in Dynasty, I'm probably looking to get you know a second or a first round draft pick for him. Um, first is probably going to be pushing it in most Dynasty leagues. Um, but you're you're looking at anybody that kind of wants to trade for him in Dynasty is going to be looking for um, probably looking for a playoff run with him. You know, have him as their RB three or four, so you might be able to get a late first for him. Um, in, in in redraft, you you hit the nail on the head. Travis Etienne is one guy that I'd be trying to you know go acquire or um, 
David Montgomery might be a guy to really look into. It's going to have to be Montgomery and something else. I'm not going to give – I don't think I'd do that trade straight up. But the Bears' run schedule is is pretty decent too coming up in the uh, in the playoffs and through the rest of the year. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm on board with you as, as far as the trade in Zeke. And if, if it's – you know, whether I'm the – if I'm the Travis Etienne owner and somebody comes to me and says, hey, I'll give you Zeke straight up for Etienne, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not touching it. Um and if and if it's the other side of it, especially in a dynasty, obviously that's not even a, uh, even in consideration. I'm, I'm keeping ETN. But if I'm on the Zeke side of it, and somebody says, "Hey, I'm you know I really want to give you ETN for for Zeke," I'm I'm gonna have to uh, probably go to uh, one of them places in the mall that fixes phone screens because I'm gonna put my finger through it hitting the accept <laughs> button. Um, so yeah, that's that's one that's that's right there for me. And I know you know Grant, we've we've been kind of famous over the course of this you know three years of our podcasting, just kind of uh, not being Zeke fans just as much as we've not been Lamar Jackson fans but uh, we're, we're finally right on the Zeke stuff so it's, it's, it's a good feeling which running back do you want to own Lamar Jackson or Ezekiel Elliott Lamar Jackson <laughs> um, so I have to retract a little previous statement just a minute ago I went and I looked uh, so Chicago does have a pretty decent run schedule leading up to the playoffs but once they hit playoffs they see Philly and Buffalo both in the playoffs so not good for David Montgomery. So you're definitely going to want another piece with him. All right. Um, so let's move on to the wide receiver position here. Um, and for me, this this one's uh, probably going to sting your ears a little bit, Brant, so I don't know if you're going to want to put earplugs in or maybe a, a chicken bone or something there. But, uh, you know, the guy, if I'm a wide receiver, if I good. own this wide receiver, I, I'm looking to trade this guy away, and it's Christian Kirk. All right. And I know that Christian Kirk kind of started off, you know, lighting the world on fire. Um, with Trevor Lawrence looked to be every bit worth his, his huge payday that he got this offseason. But over the last three weeks, uh, Christian Kirk's targets have went from nine to three to two. And in all three of those weeks, he played over 90% of snaps. And in those games, yes, you're right, you're holding up. It's nine, five, two, I apologize. Uh, in those five weeks, he had two receptions, one reception, and four receptions. I've got those written down backwards. Anyway, my ADHD here is kicking in. But Christian Kirk is a guy that's the value slowly starting to decline. It's it's fading off a little bit. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence is spreading the ball out to everybody. Evan Ingram's involved. Travis Etienne's involved. Zay Jones is involved. Marvin Jones Jr. is involved. Everybody's involved in that Jacksonville pass catching game. And we had at one point in time in PPR formats where Christian Kirk was a top six wide receiver. <clears throat> I know everybody was out trying to acquire him. But now he's slowly starting to fade into the sunset a little bit, and it's time to start. You know, okay, if I'm again, if I'm a contending team for the playoffs, I got to get rid of this dead weight. Um, so who am I looking to trade for? Well, the guy I'm looking to trade Christian Kirk for is um, a, a little bit more of a seasoned wide receiver, if you will, um, at, and that's Adam Thielen with the Minnesota Vikings. And um, you know, initially it, it seems kind of gross because it's like, well, that's all Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, right? Well, Adam Thielen has only had one game this season under seven targets. Um, so he's still very, 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 very targeted uh, by Christian or Kirk Cousins. Um, he's, he's you know, every bit of the opposite 1B to, to Justin Jefferson. Jefferson's just putting up the better numbers. I think it's only a matter of time before Thielen's numbers start to go up pretty significantly. And when you're, if you're giving me a wide receiver that I can trade for who's getting over seven targets almost every single week, that's definitely somebody I'm interested in when it comes time to making a playoff push. So for me, I'm saying I'd take 
Adam Thielen over Christian Kirk. What's your what's your thoughts on that, Brian? I'm taking Adam Thielen over Christian Kirk too. Uh, Minnesota's a team that has um, really um, started to air that ball out a little bit more. Like you said, seven targets a game. Um, Minnesota is also in contention to be winning their division. Um, so you know they're they're going to be competing in, in most games. Um, and, and there's so many t- there's so many um, wide receivers in um, Jacksonville. You really don't know who's going to receive the number one coverage. You slide over into Minnesota, and you know that Jefferson's seeing the number one coverage, and you know they're packing that box in on um, Dalvin Cook. So, yeah, I'm taking uh, Thielen because, well, he's going to be, you know, the guy's facing a number two corner uh, most weeks. So that, that should leave him open for plenty of targets and plenty of fantasy points. I think um, the ceiling for Kirk is is higher. I think you could possibly see more explosive games out of Kirk, but I think it's safer, which is in my playoff push, I want to be safer with that. I want to know that my guy's getting, you know, five to seven targets a game. He's hanging me at least 10 fantasy points. I'm going to take the safe play and I'm going to take Adam Thielen on that one. Now, if I'm making, if, if, if I'm behind and I'm behind the curve, you know, sitting maybe at one and five in a league where you can't quite get a quarterback and you need a boom play, um, I'm probably going to hold on to Kirk if I need a boom play because, I, like I said, I think his ceiling's higher. But if if I'm sitting there and I, I'm comfortable with the rest of my team and I just want something safe, I'm taking Adam Thielen. Yeah, I, I just want to reiterate too that I that my like I said my ADHD and my dyslexia got the better of me. It was nine targets, three targets, five targets for two receptions, one reception, four receptions. So I, I, I went back and I, I did fix that there. So I just I just want the record to be set straight. So. So my wide receiver I have as a sell now, and the reason you're selling him now is um, I get it. When I say the name, it's gonna you know you're gonna be like, why would I do that? Um, Well, you're I got sell now on um, Juju Smith-Schuster. I understand he just had a very explosive game. He's in the Kansas City Chiefs offense. He's with Patrick Mahomes, high powered. We're gonna hang points. He's gonna be great. That's cool. Yeah, he hung 20 fantasy points, only seeing five targets last last week. Um, and yeah, he caught you know he caught five, all five of them um, for a 42 yard catch, or a catch and TD. Um, other than that, he's he really has not been very productive um, all year. Um, he's only seeing let's see eight. He's he's seen 18 percent of the target share on the year. Um, and on and last week he only he saw 11 percent 11 targets per route run. Um, he hasn't hung more than 13 fantasy points at all this season. Um, and he's seen I mean he was seeing eight targets three eight eight eight. So I mean it was very consistent with targets. They just weren't uh, very good targets for him. And, and Mahomes has really started to spread that ball out with everyone else there in um, in. Um, Kansas City. Wow, there you go. I'm stuttering now too. Uh, Wednesday night's kicking our butt. Apparently, not used to it. Got to yes. get back into it. Uh, I mean, you got to think about it. You got MVS coming on. He's looking decent. You got Travis Kelsey, who's always going to be a stud, and you got McCole Hardman, who's really starting to be a value point uh, or a focal point of that offense. And then you got Sky Moore starting to come in and take some snaps too. And you got that touchdown stealing boy there out of the backfield in Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who always seems to get lost amongst the trees and pop out of nowhere um so yeah i'm selling juju and, and guys that i'm looking to acquire for him or i uh, rondell moore 
is a guy that I really like, um, especially with the uh, return of D-Hop. A lot of people are going to be freaking out. Oh, D-Hop's coming back. Yeah, well, Rondell Moore's coming back into the slot where he thrived last year when he got playing time. And another guy that you know, I know you really like, he's getting his quarterback back, so it may take a week or two to get back. I know uh, some people have been worried about him. But I like Michael Gallup as another guy to acquire for this. Um, I think in that offense, he's going to be very, very safe. Um, he started his snap share. It started, you know, he went 64 when he first came back from injury. Then it dropped down to 55 against the Rams. And then it went back up to 76. This guy, I think, is, is going to be very, very safe and one of Dak Prescott's favorite targets. So I ask you, would you, yeah. rather, would you rather hold on to Juju or would you go out and try to acquire one, one or two of those guys? Yeah, so – First of all, not only do they all, does the Kansas City have all those names that you mentioned, but they're also the the leaders in Vegas right now to to uh, sign OBJ. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you caught the news that broke uh, either today or yesterday that they restructured Travis Kelsey's contract to three to free up three point four five five million dollars. Um, nobody does that in the middle of the season unless they're working towards something. So if OBJ goes there, I like Juju even less. Um, so yeah, if you're if if I'm if I'm trying to go out and get a, a wide receiver with better upside that I think could be consistently better as well, I'm absolutely going after Michael Gallup. I think Rondale Moore is also a really really interesting piece because um, if you remember right, Brant, when we did an episode, you know, closer to week one or the kickoff week or the, of the season, I said we weren't going to really know what we had in this Arizona Cardinals offense until D Hop came back. Um, obviously, I think. Um, Hop makes the offense better, and it's kind of proven. There was a um, there's there's numbers out there that support it too. With Hop playing, the Arizona Cardinals offense scores something like 30 points a game. Without Hop playing, they average like 21 points a game. So yeah, anybody associated with that offense's value is going to go up a little bit in my mind with Hop coming back. So yeah, give me either Gallup or, or Rondale Moore over um, Juju Smith-Schuster at this point. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you got anybody else there you would like to discuss for trading? Listen, I'm I'm at this point. All I want to do is the over under game that we're ready to play here. <laughs> well, I wanted to cut into that just a little bit. I wanted to throw out our college QBs to keep an eye on real okay. fast because I want to end this with with a good fun time uh, with that with that. Uh, talking about Thursday, talking about Thursday night football and no touchdowns, right? That's where we're going to end this with. Uh, no, there's got to be a touchdown. D Hop's back, baby, and you know my love for D Hop. I wish you would have stayed in Houston because I hate cheering for anything on Arizona as a Seahawks fan. So, sure. but uh, yeah, let's let's. I want to talk about our quarterbacks real real quick. I got Will Levis out of the, uh, the University of Kentucky. Um, he's the uh, n- number three, number four uh, ranked quarterback coming out, and unfortunately, he likes mayonnaise in his coffee. So please don't come to Seattle because I don't think the fans will take that very lightly. Um, I got some dirty looks just trying to add a little sugar to my coffee when I was in Seattle a little couple weeks ago. So I don't know how they're going to take adding mayo to your coffee. I guess if you happen to lead us to a Super Bowl, maybe they'll start to like you. But uh, no, that's what what trench coats are for. And trench trench coats are fine. It rains every day in Seattle. That's true. That is true. Well, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Levis is uh, six foot three. 232 pounds um he's a senior for university of kentucky this year he's had 1635 yards 13 passing touchdowns and five interceptions um he's he's been a guy that's been on everyone's radar he's he's kind of you know just a a very safe great game game manager he's not going to take off and run too much um 
I mean, he really has, you know, in the last few weeks, he's had, you know, seven, eight, nine, nine rushes. Actually, one of those nine rushes was for negative 19 yards. So he's definitely not a guy that's going to light the world on fire for his rushing upside. But he's a very safe, uh, great pocket presence, uh, very good quarterback to coming into the NFL. Yeah, so um, my my quarterback that I'm going to talk about here, I don't think drinks uh, mayonnaise in his coffee, but I don't know. Um, but um, this guy is a six foot four, two hundred eighteen pound senior um, out of the University of Tennessee. He's a redshirt senior, uh, nonetheless. He transferred after three years at Virginia Tech um, to the University of Tennessee, and he kind of put the world on notice this weekend, um, beating Bama, where he threw thirty passes, completed twenty one of those. For 385 yards, five touchdowns, and one interception, um, you put up numbers like that against Bama, people are going to start to take notice and hear, the, hear this fat boy is taking notice. Mm-hmm. Um, over the course of his career, he's completed 522 out of 784 passes for 7,656 yards, 68 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. This is a guy um, that is going to continuously see his draft stock rise. As far as Tennessee goes, uh, Hendon Hooker is going to go with him or with them. And this is a guy that, um, you know, prior to the start of the season, a lot of people speculated would be a second to third round um, quarterback taken, probably a little bit part of due to his age. Um, but he's really kind of showing that he's polished, he's proven, and he's ready to go. Um, and I think you're going to slowly start to see that creep up. The better Tennessee does, the better he'll go. So, Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, now I think it's time for uh, something that we uh, were talking about and we wanted to get involved in, and it's going to be a fun little segment. We're going to talk about some projections for this week. We're going to talk about some over-unders on how we feel about it. Um, and don't forget, guys, make sure you guys tune in on Sunday morning, uh, 10 p.m. E- or 10 a.m. Eastern. Don't, stand, don't tune in 10 p.m. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, 9 a.m. Uh, Central. Uh, for our start sits with these uh, with these fat boys, we'll uh, we'll get to, uh, get to all your questions, talk some start sits for first hour, hour and a half leading up to kickoff. Um, but let, let's get into some of these projections for this week. Now, mind you, this is half point PPR is where we're taking our projections off the sleeper app. Um, so I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with the with the quarterback. I'm just gonna start right there. Just go straight into it. Patrick Mahomes and his projection is 25. Point two four points this week. Um, I did throw out the the you know the point in there because you know it is a quarterback, so he gets some extra ones. Um, and they play against the San Francisco 49ers. Do you think he goes over or under his twenty five projection? I think he goes well over San Francisco's defense. I just got to watch uh, firsthand this week when they played the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and if Marcus Mariota can carve them up, which he didn't have his first incomplete pass in that game until like midway through the fourth quarter. Now, granted, he'd only thrown 13 of those passes at that point. So on his 14th, there was an incompletion, and Pat Mahomes will throw several more than that. Um, but it really just showed how, how bad they're missing – uh, you know Nick Bosa on the outside there. How uh, how banged up that that front four is. Um, there there was one point in time in that game uh, last week where um, there was one guy who had been playing more than fifty percent of snaps for the San Francisco defensive line got hurt, and they had four guys and that had not played fifty um, percent of snaps, and that's projected to be the same this week. Um, so that there there shouldn't be a whole lot of a pass rush in Patrick Mahomes' face. And he's the best quarterback in the National Football League. You give him time to throw, he's going to he's gonna carve you up. Um, so, yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes 
has his way with that. I, I'm thinking this this could be a quarterback one week for Patrick Mahomes. I am actually going opposite here. I actually have him to go under it um, because I see this game going uh, one or two ways. Either this turns into a defensive battle like we saw in Buffalo or Kansas City gets up big and we see a lot of running and – um, I just I, he's only top twenty five points twice this season, um, week one and the and the previous week or the last are the only two times he has. So yeah, I just I don't know. I don't think he quite gets to twenty five. I think I think this game gets out of hand quick, and I, I could see him only throwing one or two touchdowns and just not quite getting there. Okay. Um, so my first one, I'm going to the running back position here, um, and it's Aaron Jones, who's uh, against the Washington Commanders this week. Um, projected 14.97 points and a half point PPR. Uh, Aaron Jones playing the Commanders. You said 14 points against the Commanders. I am going to say he goes well over that this. I think uh, Green Bay gets back on track, and I think in order for them to get back on track, we saw it in week two with Aaron Jones. Um, in order for that team to get back on track, Aaron Rodgers has to go to one of his trusty targets. And in week two when they played Chicago, now I do know it is Chicago, he scored thirty over 30 fantasy points. I'm going to say Aaron Jones goes over his projection this week. I like him this week. Yeah, you and I are in agreement on this one. I think both of the Green Bay Packers running backs probably get over their uh, scheduled projections. Um, you know, when Aaron Rodgers is coming out talking in a press conference saying that the offense needs to be simplified because they're just they're struggling to adapt. I know we're we're looking at potentially getting Sammy Watkins back um, in Green Bay, but that's that's not going to be enough. I think if you truly want to simplify a offense, the best thing to do is run the ball thirty times. Um, which also bear in mind Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has a nicked up thumb. Um, he's having a little bit of trouble getting the grip on the football. He sat out of practice today because of it, um, today being Wednesday, of course. Um, so I, I think you're going to see a heavy dose of both A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones um, this week, and I think both of those guys get comfortably over their projections. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely on that. Um, so sticking with the running back, I have uh... – uh, Josh Jacobs and uh, his uh, projection is 17 uh, half point PPR points going against the Houston Texans. Um, this one's pretty easy for me as well. I think he, he far exceeds this. Um, the Houston Texans have been kind of uh, diced pretty handily by the running back position. Um, you know, I. Uh, Josh Jacobs is a guy who is kind of rewriting the ship this year. He's on a contract year. You know, Vegas decided not to pick up his fifth-year option, um, and he's, he's kind of making them look silly for that. Um, they're, you know, they've, they've, they've leaned on him a lot this year, and he's really answered that. Um, and, again, Houston, uh, their defense has, has been Swiss cheese when it comes to running backs. Um, so I, I look for Josh Jacobs to have, have a huge week this week. I'm, I'm thinking top five running back on the week. Yeah, I, this one was easy for me when I wrote it down. Uh, 17 points just doesn't seem like enough for him. I'm, I'm going well over. I think he finds the end zone a couple times. We've seen the Raiders get back on track using the run um, over the last few weeks. He's had, let's see, uh, last week he had 21 carries. The week prior he had 28 carries, so they're definitely starting to lean on him. I think he finds the end zone multiple times. I think you see a couple big runs out of him this week too. Absolutely, I agree. Um, sticking with the running back position, I have Breeze Hall 
uh, versus the Denver Broncos. Another running back projected at 14 points. This one's at 14.24 points. So what do you make of Breeze Hall versus the Denver Broncos defense? Well, if he can score within, you know, before they get within the five, I think he goes well over. No, I like Brees Hall again this week. They've, they're they starting to find the, the rhythm there in New York, and, and that's to the tune of Brees Hall seeing 18 and 20 carries. And uh, against Denver, Denver's not – Denver's defense, rush defense doesn't scare me too much. Um, Brees Hall definitely gets work out of the backfield, 14 points. I honestly think that might be just about where he's at. I don't – I think he exceeds that, but if he does, I don't think it's by very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to, you know – reference what you and I said prior to the start of the season. This is the year that the New York Jets fantasy values to the moon. To the moon! Uh, and, and, and to this point, we've been right on a lot of different things, whether it was uh, uh, the the uh, second coming of Joe Flacco the first two weeks of football or, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson's explosion. We've been right almost every week. There's been a Jet that's just like, hey, look at that. Um, but I think this is a week that I think you actually see the Jets get humbled. Um, you know, they're coming high off of that, that really good win over the uh, Green Bay Packers last week. Um, the New York Jets have been playing some good football. Um, I think this is a week that you actually see um, the Jets' offense slowed down a little bit. Um, I think Brees Hall is very, very close to his projection of 14 points. Um, and I, I think he's going to have to find the end zone to get to it. Um, so I'm going to say I think he goes under his projections, but it's right there. I mean, it's still um, enough that if, if he if you play him, you're not going to be, like, hanging your head disappointed that he gets, like, nothing. I think he's going to be right around that, in, the, in between that 13 to 15 range, but I'm going to say lean towards the 13 side of it. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, Denver may be out looking for a uh, new quarterback. I think I heard Drew Locke was available from Seattle. If they'd like to come get another one from us. Um, <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right back to that Raiders and Houston game uh, because when I, I remembered, you know, both running backs playing in that game, um, I went with Damian Pierce, who uh, is projection projected at 13 uh, points this week. Um, what what do you like? I say he plays the Raiders. What do you think about that one? Uh, you know, a lot of times, Brant, in the beginning of the season, you know, towards the, the end of training camps and stuff, I, I tend to tune out coach speak. Um, but when you're when you're heading into uh, week seven of the NFL season and you've got a, a head coach in the National Football League saying we got to get this guy twenty plus carries, um, I tend to think that's going to translate pretty healthily in, in, into fantasy points. Um, and while I don't think the Houston Texans make this game particularly close. I think Damian Pierce succeeds his fantasy projection. Twenty carries. He's he's uh, he's explosive enough. Uh, which again, I I, I know I'm I'm uh, kind of playing catch up here because I wasn't on the Damian Pierce hype train. I wasn't a, a believer in Damian Pierce. Um, but any running back in the National Football League getting twenty carries is going to put up a formidable fantasy score. So I like Damian Pierce to hit his projection this week. Yeah, so I do too. Uh, I was looking up the stats that they give up um, rushing yards for both teams, and and while Houston's only given up ninety nine rushing yards, um, I then went and looked at the Raiders, who's giving up a hundred and twenty one rushing yards per game. Um, so yeah, I think Pierce uh, goes goes pretty well over it. I think he he finds the end zone once. Maybe twice, but with 20 carries and, and finding the end zone, I think Damian Pierce is, is a good solid bet to go over that 13. Okay. Um, moving on to the wide receiver position here, my first one is going to be uh, Mike Evans 
versus the Carolina Panthers coming in projected at 14.58 points on half-point PPR. What say you on Mike Evans? So I, I, I want to say I hope and pray he does because he's, he's one of my wideouts in, in fantasy. But uh, with, with Chris Godwin coming back and uh, fully healthy and, every, and everything um, and, you know, the way that um, – I don't know how to say this. I haven't had to say it in many, many years. The way Tom Brady's playing, uh, 14 points might be a little hard for him to, to get against Carolina Panthers. Their defense has been, you know, pretty decent. Um, and, and I don't know if, if Brady can come out. Like, we, we talk about Aaron Rodgers, you know, hitting that second second gear after getting beat up by the Jets. Um, I don't know if Brady's going to be able to do it. Um, Father Time may have uh, slowly creeped in and grabbed one of his shoulders. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know if he makes it quite to fourteen. Yeah, I, I'm thinking it's actually going to be under as well. Um, you know, whether Tom Brady looks good or not, there's still so much on that team. You've got you know Russell Gage, you've got Kate Otten, you've got uh, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Rashad White. There's just a plethora of names there, and I just think. Um, you know you're going to have your explosions with Mike Evans, but you're also going to have your duds, uh, and not uh, not necessarily because of Carolina's defense, but I think Carolina's offense is bad enough um, that, that 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 Tom Brady's not going to have to chase a whole lot of points, um, and this may be a Leonard Fournette game, so I, I think I, I shy away from Mike Evans hitting 14 as well. Okay, okay. So um, with my first wide receiver, um, I I have your boy. There in Atlanta and Drake London and his 11-point projection. Um, who are they going against? I know you have that right in front of you. Uh, hang on. Give me just a second. Apparently, I lost that. You guys are going against... The Cincinnati Bengals. Thank you. I, I didn't write it down, so I completely drew a brain fart on it. <laughs> yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um yeah, I think Drake London hits his projection this week. Um, you know, Cincinnati's offense is high-powered high and high-scoring enough that, you know, Atlanta going to have to throw the ball more than 15, 16 times this week. Um, and Drake London is still a guy who's in the top three, maybe top four. He may have fell to the top four this week in target share. Um, and his target share is still 30%. Now, granted, 30% of, you know, 16 passes isn't very many. Um, but um, if, if – Marcus Mariota has to throw the ball, third, you know, twenty-five plus times this week because, um, let, let's be honest, if Joe Burrow's clicking on all cylinders and uh, you know Casey Hayward's out to the IR, one of our starting cornerbacks, and AJ Terrell's banged up, um, this may be a game where you have to see Atlanta put a lot of points on the board or have to try to put a lot of points on the board. And I think uh, if that's going to happen, it's going to have to come through the way of Kyle Pitts and Drake London. So I, I like Drake London to go over 11 this week. Yeah, I do too. You, you hit you hit everything that I had written down. I, I expect you guys to have to air it out in order to keep up a sense. Uh, Burrow came out and said they they feel like they they found their identity on offense, and um, so I expect them to um, run you know that shotgun formation and air that ball out a lot more. And I think you guys definitely have to air it out to keep up. Completely agree. Um, my next one at the wide receiver position is is DJ Moore in that same game as Mike Evans Gross. versus Tampa Bay's defense, projected at eight point eight nine points. I know uh, DJ Moore's been uh, pretty lackluster at this point. Um, Sam Darnold did just come off of IR, but um, they've already come out and said that it's going to be uh, PJ Walker again this week. So, what do you make of uh, 
DJ Moore in his very, very uh, low projection of 8.89. Well, due to the fact he burnt me last week, and I really thought it was going to be a coming out party for DJ Moore, I'm going to say under. I am not trusting DJ Moore. I am not trusting that Carolina quarterback. Uh, I'm taking the under, especially against, you know, that, that defense that Tampa Bay does have. I expect them to get after the quarterback, and um, I would s- probably say you see P.J. Walker scramble quite a bit, if not if not leave banged up. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm taking the under in that. I do not trust D.J. Moore anymore. Um, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt for most this year, so, and I just can't. So, for me, I actually think he gets there. Um you know, last week Robbie Anderson was still in town, and everybody's talked about what Robbie uh, Anderson means to the Arizona Cardinals, but nobody's talked about what him leaving means for for Carolina. Um, I, I do think that you'll see uh, DJ Moore's target share go up a, a smidge, probably, um, maybe to the tune of one one or two more targets a game. Um, but even in half point PPR, all he has to do is catch four points or four passes, uh, and you know have 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 some yards to go with that. And he's going to be right there at this eight. So I like DJ Moore to hit his hit hit eight if it was any higher if you if you were talking 10 11 points projected i might be a little more nervous about that but i think dj moore is capable of going over eight points fantasy okay so with my last one that i have i I went out and i'm gonna throw you a little curveball i had a tight end and then i realized i talked about this same game about three four times so i was like i'm I'm take going away from this so uh, i'm gonna throw you a little curveball we're gonna talk about the seattle wide receivers is it a dk metcalf week or is it a tyler lockett week going against the los angeles chargers well, since you threw me a curveball, and in my notes I had the next one I was going to ask about was DK Metcalf. Um, I guess I'll say that I uh, I assume that I think this is going to be a Tyler Lockett week. Um, DK Metcalf's projected at 13.49 points. Uh, I expect him to see more of, of Derwin James on his side of the field uh, and, and probably a matchup with J.C. Jackson. Um so I, I think it's going to be a Tyler Lockett game. Uh, Gino's really kind of shown that he kind of likes Tyler a lot this last couple of weeks. Um, and not saying that I think DK is going to have a horrendous game. I just don't think DK hits his projection. And if DK doesn't, that probably means Tyler Lockett does. Yeah, uh, so Tyler Lockett's projection for this week, this is why I threw this curveball. His projection this week is 13.22. And um, I, I also, I think it's a uh, – I think it's a DK or a, a Tyler Lockett week too. Um, I think both of them get um, nine to nine to ten points, um, but I, or at least ten points. But yeah, I definitely I think Lockett. I think Lockett finds the end zone and, and moves the ball a little, little more. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so I guess I don't have another one to do for you since we just did there. But so let's let's move right on right on here. Um, to a Thursday night game that I'm actually reasonably excited to, to watch and tune in for, um, it, which is the New Orleans Saints traveling to Arizona. Um, and, you know, you've already on the New Orleans side of the ball. You've already had some big names ruled out. No Michael Thomas again this week. No Jarvis Landry. And the biggest one uh, for me is that Marshawn Lattimore is going to be out this week. So uh, it makes me even more excited to see the um, – Fresh, if you will, DeAndre Hopkins coming coming in, um, coming off of his suspension. Um, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how ready he is. It, the rumors are that he's been training in a park um, since he hasn't been able to train with his team. Um, 
So it'll be really interesting to see if he can get you know those three three solid days in a practice and and, and do enough to be ready for a for a live NFL game. Um, but D Hop's you know it, it, it's D Hop. Uh, I know he's not getting any younger, but I expect him to be pretty good the rest of the season. And I think he gets his legs right underneath of him right out the gate with uh, no more Sean Lattimore there in New Orleans. Yeah, absolutely. That was I mean that was going to be my question. Do do you start D Hop right out right out of the gate? And in my mind, I think like you just said, I think you have to. You held on for to him this long you absolutely have to start him um as for the uh you know there there's there's a world that exists brant not to not to cut you off there but there's a world that exists that if, if you're a you know a six and oh five and one four and two team even you might have the luxury of you know holding off a week uh and seeing what you got in d-hop but if you're one of those teams that's scr- scratching and clawing and fighting for every one of your wins trying to, to get yourself from the wrong side of the uh standings to the right side i think you almost have to play him uh you don't really have that luxury to sit sit and wait so uh even with marshall Lattimore out if i'm one of those teams that's at the top you know top three or four spots in my in my league i might wait on it and see what it happens what it happens because if he only comes out and plays 30 percent of snaps you're probably going to be disappointed yeah absolutely um so the other one, the other question is: So James Conner's a, a game time decision, and uh, so if he doesn't go, do you fire up Eno Benjamin again, or uh, do you just bench both of them no. and uh, just only start Hopkins, Hopkins and Murray this weekend or this Thursday? Yeah, you know, I think the pass catcher or pass catchers for Arizona should be fine this week because of the banged up secondary there in New Orleans, but they do have a very good run defense still. Um, so no, I probably don't. Um, start either or well, you know Benjamin for sure. If I have James Conner, I might be more apt um, to play him with the hop coming back, just because I think there'll be more scoring chances for um, James Conner. But no, I, I probably lean away from you know Benjamin just because of how good the New Orleans Saints front seven is. Okay, okay. And then on the other side of the ball, I think you're starting um, Alvin Kamara, and that's probably the only one I'm comfortable with. Chris Olave, as long as he plays, I know he was in that concussion protocol. Um, I believe he cleared because the only two names I saw that were out for sure on the wide receiver wise um, was Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas. I may have overlooked Chris Olave, but if he does suit up and play, I think you play Chris Olave. Chris Olave did clear. Uh, Yesterday he did, so he should have logged a semi-walkthrough practice uh, when he cleared it. So, yeah, I guess he did clear. I thought I read his name. Um, So, yes, Olave and – Kamara about the only two that uh, I'm comfortable with. Um, so I, I really think that that does it for the Thursday night game. Um, we're excited to uh, talk to you guys on uh, Sunday morning for some uh, coffee and some starts and sits. Join us. Um, if you got any questions, don't hesitate to hit us up on, uh, on Facebook um, or especially during that start and sit. We love to talk with you guys. Yeah, we'll both be more lively this week um, since neither one of us have any uh, outlandish plans on Saturday this week uh, like we both did last week. So I think we'll, you'll see both of us be a lot more lively this week. Um, you know, obviously we're going to do our best to have you going. You know, make sure you're there when we kick off at 9 a.m. We're going to have some uh, guys that we think are must plays for the week, some guys mm-hmm. that we think are really going to, you know, do really well this week. And then uh, as soon as we get through with that, we'll be ready to start jumping on and helping you guys get your lineup set. Absolutely, absolutely. Love talking to you guys on Sunday morning. And as always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends.